0: Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode six of our fantasy podcast for Thursday, May 10th. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Farbode Markazi. How you doing, man?
1: Doing great. It's good. Good to be back on here. Take my mind off of midterms.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, this is this is the escape for us. So, you know, we've got a, a lot of stuff to talk about on the the fantasy slate. We've got questions to answer. We actually only got asked one question, but we'd like you to ask all our all your questions that you have for us on Twitter, at BeatTheShiftBP. That's the best place to do it. And, you know, I'll also ask on Reddit, you know, and a bunch of other places. So get us those questions. Uh, but we have questions that we'll answer nonetheless. Um, but let's get to the one question that we did get. We'll just answer that first, right off the bat. Sound good? Perfect. All right. So... It's a pretty simple question is just what is Miles Michaelis's outlook for the rest of the season, and we talked about him a little bit last week when Rudy was on, but you know we'll we'll talk about him because he is one of the more puzzling pitchers right now. He is of course uh, making his first you know major league roster since coming from Japan, and um, you know he's doing really well this season. So why don't you go ahead and explain? a little bit of the underlying numbers maybe is there anything that we should be concerned about or are we we looking good one of the things
1: i've noticed um i know we don't really want to talk about pre-japan because he was in the major leagues up until 2014 Mm -hmm. and um well his major problem there in 2014 the past major leagues was um one his um walks were he he was walking way too many guys um in 2014 worked on a little bit and his ground ball to fly ball ratio right now is double what he was at in 2014 um in i'm looking at his japan numbers too and honestly he's been he was a very solid um pitcher in japan as well so think of what you want about that league but obviously he went there to work things out because he does have a uh, does he does have a longer leash in Japan to be able to figure things out while being on the diamond? And, um, I'm obviously we talked about this because we we are skeptical and but whenever you're doing any you're doing good in anything, you, people get skeptical skeptical at you. Um, I think if he keeps the ground ball fly ball ratio at the two point two three or whatever it's at right now and keep and is does. Sorry, (laughs) maintains the. I'm I am i am not very good at talking. Numbers over numbers overload here. Yeah, and maintains the 0.45 walks per nine that he's at right now, or like is around that. I think he could um maintain being a a solid starting pitcher.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. I don't care about pre-Japan. I don't really even care that much about the Japan stats that we've seen, um because he's a different pitcher. Um I you know we've we talked you don't about care about last, last year japan stats. no i don't because it is a different environment hitting wise. well it is a different environment it's a totally different at the Same time it
1: shows growth and it shows the ability to maintain uh to like after he grew he was consistent at what um at what he worked on
0: well i the thing is too they don't there's no numbers that i really care about from those seasons anyway you know like you brought up ground ball to fly ball ratio and you said some numbers you know just like it doesn't give me a good sense of what that is compared to league average I will say that he is you know obviously a good ground ball pitcher is what you were getting at and you know he's he's keeping hitters off balance he's gone seven innings in his last three starts hasn't really had a start where he's given up more than five runs I think and um you know he's he's just looking really solid so far it's just a matter of whether hitters are gonna figure him out um i do like that he throws three pitches in a pretty you know consistent mix you know there's there's not one pitch that looks really volatile so Uh, michaelis is a go for me he is definitely right around top 50 starting pitcher range for me which is good that's that's a good range because the upside's not so incredibly high but it's that's I think that's about where you should be valuing him. So we'll move on here. We'll talk about some of the top stories from the past week, and you know tell you what to do with some of these players. So James Paxton, of course, threw a no hitter this week against the Blue Jays, and that is coming off of a start where he struck out 16 batters through seven innings. So pretty good couple weeks for James Paxton, I would say.
1: Not good enough, I guess.
0: Not it. i guess the 16ks
1: the 16ks wasn't good enough he had to go 16ks yeah yeah
0: yeah. i mean yeah didn't strike out 16 in the no-no but he did throw 99 pitches so it was a maddox and a no hitter A maddox is a complete game under 100 pitches so what what now what do we do now pitching overall in the major leagues has been pretty awful and james paxton is looking like a bright spot so what are we gonna do with him we're Are you going to try to sell James Paxton if you have him right now? Obviously, there's no higher peak to sell at with this guy. Or do you have to hold on to him as kind of like a a fringe top 10 starter? You know, a a definitively top 20 starter? Well, the thing about James
1: Paxton, and I've owned him in multiple leagues um, in the past, is that the only thing that I've struggled with him is that is his health. Mm -hmm. And when he's healthy... I, there's obviously no way to predict. Oh, he's he's going to be hurt by then this year, um, or he's going to be healthy for the rest of the season. So I personally I would hold on to him because he is a he is the ace of that team. Um, King Felix, no, I'm sorry, but he is the ace of that team. He's putting up numbers. He puts up numbers when he's healthy. I think he's a good fit. Uh, he's he'd be very solid to hold on to
0: yeah so i i'm kind of in the same boat as you there the health history is concerning obviously and we'll talk about a few other pitchers who we are not sure what to do with because of their current health status but you know if you can trade paxton for you know a top you know like a top 20 or top 30 hitter and you know get something good return there that might not be a bad way to go depends on the context obviously but the quality of innings is just it's gonna be elite while you have him and you know that's that's something that you really are finding less and less of these days um you know really after the range where james paxton is it drops off really really poorly you know there's there's not a lot of depth in terms of starting pitching so I think you have to hang on to him and just see get as much as you can get juice the orange entirely. so that's I think that's where we're gonna land there with Paxton and also next week or his next start, I believe is going to be against Detroit at Detroit. So yeah, you should probably have him on your roster. You probably want that start might be another no hitter maybe he'll combine his last two starts and throw a 16 strikeout no-hitter that'd be something it's the right lineup to do it against i think uh right so we'll move on and talk about a couple other pitchers who we're worried about one of those is david price who has been diagnosed with mild carpal tunnel which is going back to i believe a couple weeks ago now where he exited his start against the yankees in the first inning with hand numbness so obviously that that's what that's what it is that's what they've diagnosed it as but it's unclear how it's going to affect him the rest of the season he expects to make his start on saturday and you know he's been good when he hasn't been dealing with that it seems so really tough to value price right now it says he'll start sunday i saw saturday somewhere but either way he's gonna start this weekend he expects to start this weekend so what do you do when you have a pitcher who could you know have this set in theoretically at any time and just not be able to to get outs and you know have to be pulled super early or you know deal with really inflated um you know just like really awful performance for for no predicted time period you know this it's kind of terrifying in that it's not just you're not going to get price's numbers you might get some really poor numbers in the middle of a game if he's affected by this so i don't know what what are you thinking about price obviously i keep saying obviously but you know maybe nothing's obvious um top 20 okay nothing is obvious i'd say he's outside the top 20 for sure he's outside the top 20 which is where we had him early in the season but i i'm tempted to put him in the Miles Michaelis range, honestly, around that that fifth top fifty range for starting pitchers,
1: I I'm in the same boat as you. What's bizarre to me, and this has nothing to do with really fantasy, is that I looked up I looked this up. Before, yeah, no, I know where you're going with this. We were preparing, <laughs> and the first couple links weren't anything to do with his injury, but they were more so to do with how much he plays Fortnite,
0: and he probably got it from Fortnite, which is bizarre. But, great <laughs> Fortnite! Who knew Fortnite is the greatest threat to this sport since <laughs> since what? I don't know. It, it, like I can't even think of the last thing that it, people fear would cause mass outbreaks of injuries. You know, tons what of the players odds, play Fortnite.
1: What are the odds going forward? Um, Major league teams put. Like a, cla- you know how they have clauses to like in contracts, like no jet skiing or. Well, like it didn't stuff. stop
0: Madison Bumgarner from dirt biking last year, so.
1: Madison Bumgarner is Madison Bumgarner. He can do what he wants. Well, um,
0: apparently not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, just I, I, just I just imagine that, um, it'd be fu- It'd be really funny if they had to put bu- put no video games or like. Well, no. I,
0: I sincerely doubt that's going to happen, oh, especially I, I because the too. Brewers to, the Brewers on imagine. their Instagram today showed off a, a few of the the Brewers players at the stadium, sitting up in the you know up in the stands and playing Fortnite on the jumbotron. So, you know, I think I think teams enjoy that that aspect of it. Of course, there's no real connection between. Fortnite in the carpal tunnel it's utterly ridiculous but it's funny nonetheless um let's talk about something that's a little less funny and that's clayton kershaw because i'm not laughing at yearly dl stints and this is not related to the back injury that he'd been dealing with but it is an arm injury that's arguably worse biceps tendinitis uh, is an injury that sometimes is nothing, but also sometimes indicates some some greater concern, you know, due to overcompensation. With so... Kershaw,
1: it's just, for me at least, he seems like one of those, like, people in sports that, you know how great he is and how, like, what the potential he has to accomplish, like, just some amazing numbers by the end of his career, but it's just you keep holding your like biting your tongue because he gets injured every year and it's disappointing because as a baseball fan over as an overall baseball fan, I want to see where this guy's career ends up and it's I'm it's scary because of all the mileage he has on that arm already and that whole that body. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I am going to categorize kershaw as as brittle i'm gonna categorize him similar to, similarly to james paxton so would you rather have james paxton or clayton kershaw right now
1: that's jeez.
0: Oh. um <laughs> come on it, instinct What what is your first instinct my first, first
1: instinct was gonna was to say james paxton but then Looking at um, how Kershaw's done this year, yeah, he hasn't had the wins, but he's still been the ace of that team. But there you go with the injuries again because if you were talking about him being injured right now, yeah, I'll have a healthy James Paxton. But then what if Paxton gets
0: injured in his start yeah. against Detroit? And also what if it's nothing? What if he's on the DL for 10 days and then he's back and he's fine, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I think you still have to keep Kershaw of Paxton, but there's a bunch of other pitchers now that I think Kershaw falls below. Obviously the rest of the big four going into the season kluber scherzer and sale not necessarily in that order are still the top three i would say but now i think i'd rather have guys like garrett cole justin verlander louis severino i think i'd have all those guys over kershaw right now yeah yeah so sorry kershaw owners it's a it's the yearly predicament where you use a first round pick on a guy that's gonna make you want to tear your hair out um and then another news story that's unfortunate in a different way is that uh, Roberto Osuna, the closer for the Blue Jays, has been arrested on domestic violence charges, and there's not a lot of details beyond that. We don't know what MLB's response is going to be. We don't even know a lot of details about the the developments themselves, not based on, you know, Major League Baseball's... Um, you know punishment so there's a lot of things that have to unfold first but one thing's for sure is that he's not pitching right now and he probably will not be pitching for some extended period of time it all depends on what major league baseball decides to
1: do because right in the um the cases like these um I'm reading a document about it cases like these could run from 18 to 30 months mm-hmm. and if major league months? baseball yeah Oh, the and case,
0: if, the cases, not yeah. not MLB's. No, no, no. If M-
1: if yeah. Major League Baseball's um under Major League Baseball's investigation, it could come to the point where they extend his leave for the whole season or for a certain like a certain period of time, or they just or they'd let him play. It's I'd, possible. I, I, it's unlikely. Possible. Uh, very unlikely because just go back to um Chapman, um Jose Reyes when he was suspended for fifty one games. All major league baseball takes this very seriously, as well as they should. Um, but for now, it doesn't look like a guy who was pitching very well so far this season is going to be on the um, roster. And honestly, for good, obviously for good reason, because this this is this type of shit is just unacceptable. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this one is obviously a bad thing. See what I did there? Um, yeah, I... but um well let's get back to fantasy for a second here and i'll go ahead and mention that tyler clippard was the first person to get the, the save for the well, blue jays i, I remember after this happened so john gibbons
1: said they're gonna um play around with like a combination of axford oh clippard and tapera
0: yeah it's by it's gonna be by committee obviously yeah. tyler clippard nothing is obvious by the way tyler clippard is not a very good reliever. But he's been good so far, so play the hot hand, I guess. Hey, at least um, he's
1: been on one team so far this year not three.
0: Yeah. I don't think you own anybody on the Blue Jays if you're looking to replace Blue Jays Osuna. Bullpen. I, yeah. He, well, obvi- yeah. Obviously, well, I didn't man. hear you say replace Osuna, so... <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take Josh Donaldson to replace Osuna, I guess, if I have to. Uh, that's not what I meant, so... Uh, let's move on from from injuries for a little bit. We'll talk about some players who are really outperforming everybody's expectations. And that's just as concerning to me when you get players breaking out because then, if you're the ones holding them, you don't know what to do. It's so stressful. Like, what do you do with Nick Marcakis or Nomar Mazzara or Eddie Rosario? Guys like that who are doing really well, who weren't supposed to be doing really well, but you know, you might get you, you might wind up holding the bag when the regression comes. And sometimes the regression doesn't come and things are great, but sometimes more than, often than not it does. So well, let's let's go one by one here and just kinda talk about each player individually. So Nick Markakis is tearing it up with the braves i believe he's still hitting fourth in the lineup every day behind freddie freeman and he's hitting for power which is something he's never done before he's driving in runs where he is in the lineup the top of the braves lineup is arguably one of the best in baseball with albies acuna freeman and marquegas now and uh, those uh, those are enough points right there to argue that he should be a top 30 outfielder but he's never really done that before so are we going to expect him to hit 25 homers or is he gonna cool off really no. significantly no you're not you're not buying i'm expecting is. a decline i think yeah i think we're all expecting a decline unfortunately sorry nick yeah we're a first name basis uh how about nomar how's, how's nomar doing I think Nomar is in a different spot.
1: He um, is a very different player. I think very different player, very different stage of their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do expect a little bit of regression, but this is this could very well be just him figuring out the league a little bit more. Because when he came up in in the big leagues, he took the league very he took the league very well. Had to adjust to it this this i think this could just be a growth of a young player but
0: i still expect some regression you could i'd hold on to him though Mm -hmm. so yeah well so far i'm going to use top 30 outfielder as the threshold here there most of these guys are somewhere on either side of this not too far off so i'm going to go ahead and say Marcakis, not a top 30 outfielder Mazara top 30 outfielder i would say yeah uh eddie rosario He's doing what he did last year for a couple months. He does seem like a very streaky player, though. What do you think?
1: The streaky—that's what I was gonna bring up. He's very streaky. You have to watch out for that. Um, when he is doing good, you're gonna love it. When he's doing, when he's doing what Eddie Rosario does, you're not gonna like it. Um,
0: what do you, what I, does that mean? What Eddie Rosario does, all the things he does. Yeah, but I'm,
1: what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, like, when he, when he's on the other side of his streak, you're gonna probably want to look for other options so if you're gonna if you're in if you're trying to buy like decide whether you're gonna buy or sell on this guy i'd sell
0: yeah i i don't know if you have to sell i i have just outside top 30 outfielder for me not because he's not good but because it's inconsistent and there's just more consistent players out there uh how about odubel herrera who is now riding a 39 game on base streak. How about that? Odubel Herrera.
1: I'm very split on this guy. Um He's See, also he's also very streaky as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it it seems like season to season he's been streaky cuz 2 yeah. years ago he was great. We had very few doubts about him. And last year we had all the doubts about him he was just not a very good player not a really rosterable outfielder for much of the season and now this year he's got to be owned again so I yeah again not in the top 30 but certainly looks like a different player this season again so maybe you do just look at 2016 Oduel Herrera and go off of that maybe that's a fair way to go about it um and one more player that i'll talk about uh delano de shields who is leading off for the rangers stealing bases doing everything taking walks which if that matters in your league then he's even more valuable how how are we feeling about Delino de shields i'm i don't
1: i i don't think he's a top 30 outfielder um the stolen bases the average that helps a lot that's very helpful I don't know I, I wouldn't put him as a top 30.
0: So I am going to say he is definitively a top 30 outfielder for me now I am really? more than impressed with what he's been doing so stolen bases of course are at a premium as they always are and Deliner Shields just seems so he was on the DL earlier this season but it was I, I believe a hand injury that didn't keep him out very long you know, a so minor his, thing. Not a... so. His
1: performance in nineteen games puts him as top thirty outfielder for you. Yes,
0: it's. Uh, I expected him to be really good before the season. Also, maybe not this good, but seven stolen bases in what was the the game sample that you you just mentioned? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Seven stolen bases in nineteen games is an incredibly high clip. He just had a game yesterday. Or Wednesday when he he walked four times in the game, didn't offer a lot of stats other than four walks, a couple of runs scored, I think he stole a base he's walking does up. that he, he's a really good leadoff hitter yeah right now um he's walking
1: a lot more than um he has in in like it, like if he kept this pace up in um any point of his career um stealing more bases to like the most games he ever played was last year when he played 120 games he sold 29 bases that which is really
0: good and that's not even a full season so I'm buying stolen bases are the first reason but also a three eighty on base this season is looking pretty good I'm not going to question that that much he's not going to hit for a lot of power might hit what 7 home runs you'll take that if he steals 30 plus bases top 30 for me He's, he's a stolen base threat who's safe in batting average. He's not Billy Hamilton. You know, if Billy if this is what we want Billy Hamilton to be, with a little less speed, but he's actually a good leadoff hitter. So, yeah. I like Delano Shields a lot. He's probably like 25th overall outfielder for me right now. Um, a few guys that we're worried about, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're not worried. I'll go and ask. Dylan Bundy, who had the worst start i think ever is that fair to say um yeah yeah that's not a pretty start seven and runs <laughs> in zero innings pitched so
1: that's I coming that's off a that's
0: with in with four four fast. home runs four home runs in zero innings well that's not what you want but do we want dylan bundy going forward because he has been good earlier this season he was really good the stuff obviously was not there in the last few starts he's i watched these these starts i mean they were there wasn't much to watch in the last one so that was a really easy homework assignment but no movement no bite to his secondary pitches high 80s right over the middle of the plate what are you going to do with that but so, and when he, when Bundy's good, he's not throwing those pitches, and he gets good results. So is so Bundy going to figure asking, something out?
1: Is it worth um, it? I, I hope he figures something out, but I'm not going to hold on to him.
0: So you're... I mean, there's still pitchers that are worse than him. You know, uh, I can't give any direct comparisons to where I have him ranked. Um, but it's not in the top 50 for sure now because the damage when he's not on his game is really bad that's kind of how i look at at most mostly pitchers is every single pitcher out there i don't care how good you are Corey kluber max scherzer doesn't matter there's going to be days where they feel good where they feel like they have their best stuff and there's going to be be more days days, there's going to be days when they're laboring everybody goes through that at the big league level and the good pitchers when they're laboring find a way to sort of get it done to work through it to keep their their numbers in check and they find a way to just get outs and maybe it's not the the best quality of stats in the final game line but they find a way to push through it and by the end of the season their really good stuff outweighs the bad stuff and then there's guys like dylan bundy where they'll have their good stuff, and Dylan Bundy, when he's on, is a really good pitcher. But when he's laboring, he is atrocious, and the numbers just get destroyed from those starts that he has like that.
1: But does he have more starts where he's laboring? I think it doesn't matter.
0: I I think if you have a pitcher that's giving up that much damage that much this is the royals hitting four home runs against him oh that's
1: what i'm saying he has more starts that when in which he's laboring but it doesn't
0: even matter you know when it's one thing to have a pitcher who when he's laboring maybe goes you know five innings and gives up four runs this is different this was just a complete lack of ability well and i'm I'm just looking
1: at one stat right now, and um, I know you look a lot at this year's statistics to decide, but I'm just looking at even last year the year before. He gave up 18 home runs two years ago, 26 last year. He's already at 10 right now. I don't want the home run damage on my team right now mm-hmm. with, ha- with in addition to ha- the rest of the damage that he's
0: giving up. Yeah, I, I probably have him close to Danny Duffy, who is in the, same, in the same boat right now. He's had a really bad start to the season, but is pretty good when he pitches well. So, I, I'm worried, basically. That's the point. Uh, Matt Chapman, who is supposed to be the prodigal son to pull the A's from the ashes, he has kind of done nothing over the last two weeks. He's 0 for his last week, I think.
1: No, I think he broke out of it. Did he recently. break out of
0: his last game? The point is, everything stopped. He looked really good to start the year. Looked like a potential 35-40 homer guy.
1: Yeah, the first three weeks, he, had, he was hitting 351 five homers.
0: But yeah, so do you are you concerned? Or are you going to buy him? I've seen him dropped in leagues to this point. Basically I'd buy him. He, you would you would pick him up. You'd buy, you yeah. buy low, buy All low. Right. All right, because he hasn't he's he's young. Do I need
1: do I need, yeah? Do I need to explain? He's young. Young hitters go through these slumps, and we've seen what he can do. Obviously, he's not going to be a three fifty hitter,
0: but can you afford to roster him through these slumps though? It's rough. It's wow. pretty rough. He has two hits in the month. He's one for his yeah. He's one
1: for his last twenty five. Hitting 132 in, 19, in his last 19
0: games. Hasn't homered since... Well, he hasn't homered since, like, April 27th. It's, it's not the player that we thought. He's not a top 100 player anymore, like we thought for a time. But yeah. he's going to continue to play. He's a great defender. The A's are not that good of a team. So, yeah, I would say... Matt Chapman's a pretty good guy to have. I'd still probably rather have him than Raphael Devers. How do you feel about that?
1: That just breaks my heart because I, I I I have Devers on one of my teams. Well do you like um, Devers
0: more? You can you can express that if you want.
1: Um
0: I know it's it's hard. It's,
1: it's hard because um, I know the potential both of these guys have. And Devers is what, 21? If yeah. you're talking about I don't know, man.
0: Alright. Well, you know, that, that was that was a tough question. I, I'd say they're pretty close, but I don't prepare for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a hard prepare. one. It's an emotional question. Um and then the last couple guys that there's worry about, I, I think I'm just gonna say that you shouldn't be worried. Is the please, whole point. Please Paul Goldschmidt Paul Goldschmidt and Michael Conforto. You should not be worried about this. Conforto guys. Forgot, forgot how to hit, but um
1: I think he'll be fine. Um, so did Goldschmidt. But yeah, yeah, I think but he's going to be fine. <laughs> the thing about Goldschmidt is like, every year, you and I talked about this, every year there's this couple superstars that just start out really cold or start out really, really hot. And um, Joey Votto last year, he started out first half, he was atrocious. Second half. Mm, was, I don't think that was last year. Was it? Uh, it was a couple months at the beginning of last year where he was just atrocious and then he was an mvp candidate towards the end of the year
0: yeah, I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not worried paul Guys, Goldschmidt could have a game where he hits two homers and two doubles and five rbi and then all is forgiven of so yeah i i think it's fine uh we are almost out of time for today but i do want to play a little mini stack game before we, <laughs> we leave here so we'll go ahead and finish with that uh it's just one one round for you for just you you're gonna guess here oh gosh who are this season's leaders in hard contact percentage this is hitters so hitters who lead in hard contact percentage this season per fan graphs so give me i don't know who's give me three guesses let's say and we'll tally it up and see how you did
1: hard contact percentage um I'll put Stanton.
0: Uh, he is ninth at Good forty-seven point seven percent. Um. I'll put um.
1: Jesus. Come on, Trout.
0: Dude. Mike Trout is eighteenth, not top ten.
1: Wow. Yep um
0: i'll put i don't know jd martinez he's number one he's still number one by a pretty good margin 54.2 percent hard contact percentage. that was the one i was the least sure about but well what? you got you did get the number one so you're still a stacking game champion hell yeah yeah so another uh, yeah i'll say a few more names here that are worth mentioning obviously hard contact percentage isn't everything but it, it means that you're hitting the ball hard that's always what you want so jd martinez obviously is still hitting the ball really hard but guys like Ion Moncada, who is number two on this list is up there matt davidson wow. who doesn't make a lot of contact but hits it hard when he does but when he does he mookie makes... Betts, not unexpected matt Olson, those of you concerned about matt Olson, still crushing the ball when he hits it matt kemp interesting one marcelo zuna who maybe you're unhappy with his performance so far should turn around but he's still hitting the ball hard so yeah evan longoria is up here in the top 10 and yadier molina is number 10 nick castellanos who is praised for this in the past is also there mike mustakis who is still for some reason underrated even (sighs) though he has 10 homers on the season i think um stop underrating mike mustakis And all of them are ahead of Joey Gallo, who, you know, enough said there. So that is going to do it for our podcast today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us if you stuck around this long. I'd like to remind you that you should be asking us questions because that's what we want to do. We want to help your teams succeed. So ask us your personal fantasy questions at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter or, you know, just comment on anything and we'll see it. And I also recommend recommend that you check out the BeatTheShiftBaseball.com fantasy page. There's a tab there on our homepage that has all our fantasy stuff, all our podcasts, anything else that we write, rankings. I'll have rankings out soon. So, yeah, that is all for today. Thank you, everybody, one last time. As always, farbode. Peace.